Well, I have to say that it happened again. While I was working on one sermon, I was reminded by the Holy Spirit that I'd missed another block of truth and there was another name or work of the Holy Spirit that I needed to talk about. And uh, in one of the prophecies concerning the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, it's called the Spirit of Grace and Supplication. But I'm going to give you that in a moment. But I've unashamedly called this this morning the Praying Spirit. He prays, and he wants to lead us and teach us to pray. So let's settle our hearts first, shall we, and pray. Holy Spirit, inspirer of Scripture, help us as we apply ourselves to looking at Scripture today. We pray we may understand it simply and straightforwardly, whether, without adding or taking away from it. And particularly as we examine, again, the words of our Lord Jesus, we pray we may hear the voice of Christ speak to us with authority. And may our hearts bend to the truth, towards obedience, towards change. Amen. Here's the scripture, Zechariah 12, verse 10. And one of the prophecies concerning the outpouring of the Spirit, he is called this, the Spirit of grace and of supplication. The Spirit of grace and of supplication. All right, let me give you a headline. A people who are filled with the Holy Spirit will be a people of prayer. That'll be characteristic of them. If you're really filled with the Spirit, the Spirit will inspire you and help you to be a person and a people of prayer. Here's our key scripture for today. It's from Romans chapter 8. I'll give it you in pictures, but you can read it. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. And if you want to say amen to that, you can. We don't know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts, our hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Of God. There are two great statements there I want to pick out. First one is this the Holy Spirit prays for us. It's clear from Hebrews and from Romans that the Lord Jesus makes intercession for us as our high priest. Although he's seated in heavenly splendor, he is still pursuing a heavenly ministry, which is one of representing us. He's our advocate. He speaks to the Father on our behalf. He's our intercessor in heaven. And the Holy Spirit is our advocate, counsellor and intercessor, but we should think of the location of his work as with us, in us and through us. The Holy Spirit prays for us in heaven, the Holy Spirit prays for us on earth, to put it very simply. And this is remarkable because, you see, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit are equal, co-eternal, three persons in one God. Yet... The Son has humbled himself, as we read in Philippians 2, to be servant, to be man, to be sacrificed. And though he's now highly exalted, King of kings, Lord of lords, master of all creation, he still humbles himself to be high priest and pray and make intercession for us. And the Holy Spirit humbles himself to intercede for the saints. So within the Godhead, the Son and the Spirit are praying for us. If that isn't encouraging, I don't think you're awake or alive. The Father hears the prayers of the Son and of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit prays for us. But then the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. 
It should encourage us to pray. But there are some obstacles to our praying. And the first one is this. Pride with a big eye in it. Pride. I'm afraid that for many of us we are too proud to pray, to ask, to be humble before God and to make requests of him. You see, we've even got into a culture nowadays where even Christianity, many forms of Christianity today, are very proud, very boastful. We celebrate egoism and self-advancement. The very word pride now has positive rather than negative connotations, as in gay pride and so on. But pride in scriptures is like, whoa, <laughs> you know, be careful, man. That's what caused Satan to fall. Pride comes before a fall. God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Proud, proud, pride does not get good press in the Bible. But we nowadays have been duped into thinking pride is good. Just like in the 80s, greed is good. Yet the Son and the Spirit humble themselves to make requests to the Father. So here are the words, I humble myself. Back in the 70s, everybody was quoting this in the 70s and 80s. Really. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves. That is so foreign to the attitude of a lot of modern day Christianity. Nobody wants to hear this. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Think back to Romans 8, 26 to 27 again. The thought there, it's okay, the Holy Spirit's praying for you, you don't need to. No, it's the Holy Spirit's praying for you and he'll help you to do the same. He helps our weakness. He helps us to pray. He's able to inspire us and direct us, guiding us to pray according to the will of God. He searches the heart of God, understands the will of God. He prays for it and he can help us to pray for it too. Amen. The Holy Spirit searches the heart and mind of God and seeks to lead us to pray in the same way. And one way he does that is this. Scripture says we can pray in and with the Spirit. We can pray with the help the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Here's some scriptures, Ephesians 6, 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. There's two all so far. There's another one in a minute. With this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Actually, there's four alls, isn't it? So is this completely inclusive? Everything. Everything's included in this verse. Whenever you pray, whenever you're making requests, pray at all those times in the Spirit. And be alert with all perseverance and, and make requests and petitions for all the saints. Yeah. Jude, little Jude before Revelation. But you, my loved ones, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Hallelujah. Praying in the Spirit, praying with the inspiration of the Spirit, which includes, doesn't exclude, must include praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. Those unknown languages that the Holy Spirit inspires on our minds and our mouths. Praying in or with the Spirit may be more than praying in tongues, but it doesn't exclude praying in tongues. It certainly includes it. Remember, just two weeks ago, we were looking at 1 Corinthians 14, where Paul writes about praying in the Spirit, blessing with the Spirit, singing in the Spirit, and all of those were connected to the use of these unknown tongues. 
I also said I believe that when we pray or bless or sing with that spirit in terms of tongues, then something happens. We become more inspired to then use English or whatever our own language is. We gain something that refreshes us and enables us to carry on in a language we know better. Let me show it to you again. 1 Corinthians 4.14 If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What is the outcome then? I'll pray with the spirit and I will pray with the mind also. I'm going to do both because the one will enable the other. And I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the mind also. We are nowhere in scripture told to pray without the help of the spirit. But rather we should actively seek his help and inspiration whenever we pray. Now I'm not doing a whole thesis on prayer today. And I've preached on prayer other times and if you want to go back through the notes and things or if you want to ask me for some help about stuff along the way I can give you notes and CDs from past times. But let me tell you this this morning. Prayer is partnership with God. See, the Spirit prays, the Son prays. And guess what? We get joined in, in partnership with the Godhead. Okay, now you may think, oh, this guy likes his letter P and his alliteration. Listen, I just think like that, all right? I can't switch it off, really. I'll stand in the shower alliterating things, you know. It's like, just, that's the way my brain works. I've been doing it all these years. God gives us promises. He gives us his word. And our response to those is, great, when's it going to happen? I'll just stand here and... No. Our response should be to pray until it happens. We pray that God's will, which he has revealed to us, will be performed. He answers our prayers and his will is performed and he gets the glory, but we got to be partners with him. He draws us into this partnership with himself. We are co-workers in his purposes. Here's one example from the prophets, which I did since I printed those notes this morning. Isaiah 62, verse 67. Notice this. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. Watchmen is, a, is language in scripture for intercessors, those who pray. All day and all night they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord... Take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. He says what he's going to do and he appoints people to pray it into being. To cooperate with his purpose and to pray that it will come. He declares his purpose, makes promises to engage us in partnership through prayer. And you remember how the pattern prayer starts. Our Father who is in heaven, and then there are three things there that I believe are to be done on earth as it is in heaven. His name be hallowed, be honoured on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the core of our praying. To see his name honoured and his kingdom come and his will being done here and now. Yes. Of course we pray for the coming of our Lord Jesus and the eternal kingdom. But there's some kingdom to be done now. There's some kingdom to be advanced now. The presence of God, the, the glory of God, the grace of God needs to advance now. So the purpose of prayer is getting God's will done on earth and his name honoured. Prophetic words come to us, even if we prophesy to one another, come to us in terms of promise. They propose to us a preferred future. But we need to pursue that by asking the Lord until it is performed. I know I'm doing all the peace, don't worry. 
The promises of God are not automatic and unconditional. In fact, when I've gone through the scriptures, God made very, very few unconditional promises. Very few. Only, only a few to Abraham and one or two others. They're to be sought, they're to be held onto, they're to be inherited through persistent faith and prayer. Here's a scripture for you to bear, back that up. Hebrews 6, 11 to 12. We desire that each one of you show the same diligence. Diligence is what? Keeping on, keeping on. Not giving up. So as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. I'm not going to explain all this. So that you will not be sluggish. <laughs> yeah, there's a tendency to, oh, I'm just going to slow down. But inherit, imitators of those who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises of God. Promises are not automatic. We inherit them, how? Through faith and endurance. Patience in, is an old English word that really means endurance. It's not just waiting around. I'll be patient. You know, when you go to the doctors, you're a patient, and then you have to be patient because you've got to wait for the patient to be seen by the doctor. And sometimes I've been to the doctors, I've forgotten why I'm there. I'm looking at the screen, you know, I'm hoping not to miss my appointment, and I'm thinking, what did I come here for again? Oh, yeah. It's not that kind of patience. It's endurance. It's endurance. Through faith and endurance, inherit the promises. And we're to pray persistently. Persistence doesn't mean praying long. You know, so people are looking at their watches. It doesn't mean praying long. It means praying often yes. and repeatedly. Such as every day or every time that we do pray, we pray for that thing. The examples the Lord Jesus gives us, and we're going to look at them in a minute or two, was a woman, a widow, pestering a judge day after day until he finally gave her justice. Or a man knocking on his neighbor's door for some bread because he had some visitors who had come and he got nothing for them. Persistence, not giving up. You know, some people like the expression push, pray until something happens. All right? It's kind of okay. Yeah, all right. But it's more about the something God wants to do, but he wants us to partner with him in asking him to do it. And our prayerlessness is actually a lack of faith and maybe withholding the purpose and the promise of God. There are some hindrances to prayer, obviously. The first one's our weakness. We read it already. The Spirit helps our weakness Here's the Lord Jesus speaking to his disciples as he breaks off from his own praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, just at, literally hours before his crucifixion. He says to them, keep watching and praying. Watching means staying awake. Watching is a biblical, is a biblical discipline. You stay up at night, you, lose, you forsake sleep so that you may pray and seek the Lord. That's watching. Keep watching and praying that you may not come into temptation, trial, trouble. The Spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. I put a capital S there because I don't think that's our spirit. I don't know about you, but my spirit isn't very much more willing than my flesh is. But the Holy Spirit is willing to strengthen our weakness. The Holy Spirit is willing to give us something we don't have in ourselves. Despite the weakness of our human nature. We are weak in ourselves, in our flesh. I've already said another major obstacle to praying is our pride. We think of pride as a matter of strength, but the Lord calls it weakness. Our human nature is weak, no matter how much it struts and boasts. In fact, the more that we boast, the more we're showing how weak and foolish we really are. 
And if only we could step outside ourselves and look at ourselves sometimes. What, are you, what planet are you from? Who do you think you are? Pride is a huge obstacle to finding the grace of God. But there's another one, hindrance to prayer. That is false teaching. I make no apology for identifying some trends within the church in recent times as being false. I'm not trying to be harsh to those who have been taken in by them. Those who teach these things are responsible for that at some point through the Lord. But these things work directly against what the Lord Jesus teaches us concerning prayers. There are ideas and teachings that are basically quite cunning strategies that work against God's purpose through our praying. Let me tell you how they come. And I've, some of these go back some years and some are very current. Don't, just, don't pray and ask, just trust. It's unbelief to keep asking. Ever heard that one? Yeah. I have. Don't pray and ask, just bless. We bless this and we bless that and we bless that. I've heard that one too. Good people, well-meaning people, I've heard that too. Don't pray, confess and claim. You've got to confess it. And another one, don't pray and ask, just decree and declare. That's the, that's the pretty current one now, the decreeing and declaring one. There are probably even more on offer, but let me tell you this. If I, with evil intent, was drawing up a plan to stop Christians and churches praying, that's a pretty good plan. That would work. To divert people away from actually praying, that would do the job. I wonder if someone did do this, just that. Hmm. By such devious devices, we're moved away from prayer. So that now, as James writes, we do not have because we do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. James, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, did not write, you do not have because you do not confess and claim. Or because you do not decree and declare. He says you do not have because you do not... I'm going to make you say that a few times. It seems to me James there neatly traps two of the main diversions from prayer which false teaching sets today. Either don't pray and ask of God or ask for the wrong things with the wrong motives. Ask for things that are all about you to boost more of your pride and more of your ego and make you even more self-content and self-satisfied. That you may spend it on your pleasures. Aren't those two things very common? You don't need to pray, or why don't you pray, but pray for what you, know, you really, really, really want, you know, to quote the Spice Girls. All such teaching, don't pray, do this instead, directly opposes the teaching of our Master, who repeatedly tells us to ask in prayer. He even emphasizes asking repeatedly and urgently, and not giving up. And he calls that kind of persistent praying faith. I'm going to take the time here to read you most of the teaching of the Lord Jesus concerning prayer. Come on. Machine? That should have happened a minute ago. The teaching of Jesus. Ready? Lots of red letters coming up. Instruction for prayer. I'll try and read them to you without preaching them. <laughs> when you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. 
But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who's in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you're praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, just rabbiting on the same thing. For they suppose that they'll be heard for their many words. Some people today still think they'll be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way, back to the the pattern prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, into trouble but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you do not forgive... I'm just pushing the batteries around to see if they work a bit better. For if you you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. So there's a pattern there and some principles there from Jesus. And now, persistent prayer. This is one of them, on persistent prayer. Then Jesus said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside, the friend whose door he's knocking on says, Don't bother me. The door's already been shut. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he'll not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, yet because of his persistence, he'll get up and give him as much as he needs. Colin, could you find two AAA batteries if you've got any? I may ask you to get over on my laptop in there. So I say to you, remember? Jesus talked about persistent praying. That's the illustration. Now he gives you the lesson. So I say to you, ask. Jesus says, ask. And it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And to do those things repetitively. Faithfully, diligently, not giving up. He goes on. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Yes, I do know that in English, ask, seek, knock, spells, ask. But it doesn't do it in the Greek, believe me. (laughs) It just happens to be so in the English. Thank you, Colin. Let's see if this is more awake now. And then he gives another illustration. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. You'll not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? I'll have snake and chips, please, tonight. Or if he asks for an egg, you'll not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give Matthew's version says good things. Luke's version says give the Holy Spirit 
to those who ask him. Persistent prayer. Then he talks about praying together. Matthew 18, which is the, the book, the chapter about restoring lost people. Illustration about lost things being restored. It's about how we restore lost people. People who've messed up along the way. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, not what they say or declare, but they ask. Oh, do, do you realize how people misquote that? Do you get it? It doesn't say what they say. It says what they ask. It shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. Joint, shared prayer. Where two or three are agreeing together and they're asking for the Lord of the Lord something. That's what he says, isn't it? Yeah. It's not they, they issue a statement. <laughs> they make a public announcement. They are asking of the Lord something. So it's a praying meeting. Joint shared prayer is really important. Oh, I can pray on my own. Yes, you can, but you will not have the same authority as when you pray together. There's a different authority at work when we pray together and are agreed before our Father than when you pray on our own. I believe that's what Jesus says. I make no apology for it. So yes, you can pray on your own and you can have a blessed time. But there is an authority that comes when we gather as church in community and we agree together before the Lord what we're asking of him. There's a different kind of authority in shared prayer. Then there's believing prayer. Because you can pray unbelievingly. And, and it used to be the charismatics particularly used to have these just prayers. Oh Lord, if you would just do this and just do that and just do that. Do you know what I mean? I don't want him to do more than that or better than that. Or, you know, doesn't scripture say he's able to do far abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think? And yet I only want him to do just this bit. You know, I, don't, I didn't get into that kind of praying. I never kind of signed up for that one. Prayer is to be believing. Just going to go to Jesus on this, not to John's gospel, to John's epistle. I could, but Jesus answered and said to them, "Truly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you not." Oh, by the way, let me give you the background for this. Jesus has cursed a fig tree, which is withered from the roots up. It was a symbol of the nation of Israel at that time. And when they come back the next day, the tree is withered, dead, and the disciples say to him, "How did you do that?" And he says, by faith. I think the question they should have asked was, why did you do that? But they didn't ask that one. This is Jesus answering them. I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you'll not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will happen. Notice the context. What does he say? Absolutely next verse. And all things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. You can't say to the mountain until you've prayed about the mountain and received faith from God to say to the mountain. That kind of faith only comes having prayed because it's received as a gift from God. You receive extraordinary faith to do something extraordinary because God's equipped you with it because you've prayed. Yes. Amen. That's the lesson there. It's not, oh, I fancy moving a mountain today. Here I go. No, you've received from God a deposit of faith that you are now urged by the Spirit, speak to the mountain, David, speak to the mountain. Okay, all right, I'll speak to the mountain. 
because he's put that in you. And he put it in you because you were praying to him about some need or crisis or situation. Okay. There's no saying in faith without first praying in faith. And I'll give you another example. Jesus is up on a hillside when he comes down. The disciples have been trying to cast out a demon. They haven't succeeded. And he comes down and he says, oh, you people of little faith. And he drives the demon out. And they said, why couldn't we do that? He said, because this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. In other words, that work of power was only going to happen when they had prayed and sought the Lord about it. Do you follow me? There was a praying and then you're equipped to go and do. You receive from the Lord what needs to happen. So, therefore I say to you all things for which you pray and ask, believe you've received them and they will be granted to you. We need to pray until we're trusting the Lord for the thing. It doesn't mean we stop then praying, but we are praying, trusting Him. I truly am believing you for this, Lord. I'm confident that you're going to do this. I'll keep asking you, but I'm confident in you. All right. Persistent prayer again. Okay, this is the widow. He was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. Jesus said, at all times I want you to pray and not to give up. In a certain city there was a judge who didn't fear God and didn't respect man. There's a few of those around today too. There was a widow in that city and she kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection from my opponent. Someone was after her husband's inheritance. For a while he was unwilling. Didn't want to give her a hearing. But afterward he said to himself, even though I don't fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I'll give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she'll wear me out. It's called nagging. I don't divide it. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And he's drawing a comparison. He's not saying God is like that. He's drawing a comparison. Now, will not God bring about justice for his elect, his chosen ones, who cry to him day and night, and will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on the earth? What context is Jesus talking about faith there? Persistent praying faith that doesn't give up. Will he find that kind of faith? Well, not if we believe the nonsense we've been told about, you don't need to pray, you don't need to ask. He'll not find faith on the earth because we've been told, we've been diverted from it. We've been sold a dummy, a dummy pass. We've been sent the wrong way, the way that, you know, the goal scorers send the Goldie the wrong way. We've been sent the wrong way. We're not receiving because we're not asking. Will he find faith on the earth? Here's some promises about the prayer from the Lord Jesus himself. Now I'm taking them a bit out of context, but I've, when I preached through John, we did it together. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Now let me explain what asking in his name is. It's not saying, I really, really want a brand new Beamer. I want a five series. In the name of Jesus. Nah. Do you understand? Nah. Nah. Grow up. No. Asking in the name of Jesus is asking for something that will honor him. Directly. 
that will honour him. It's by his authority and for his glory. That's what in his name means. So when the disciples says, in the name of Jesus, rise on the wall, and they said, and they said, what did you do that to him? We, we didn't do it. Jesus did it. It was the authority of his name and it was done for his glory. It's not about us. We're just mere men, what they were saying. But Jesus did that. Yeah? So we ask in his name means for his glory, for his honour, for his kingdom's sake, for his name's sake. And when we ask in his name, he will do it, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Another scripture, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. If your heart's been guided by his word, his passions, his heart, as, as Scripture has spoken to you and the Holy Spirit has shown you things in Scripture, you understand the passion of God and the purpose of God. When you pray for those things, whatever you wish, it will be done for you. But whatever you wish doesn't mean, you know, suddenly a million pounds arrive in your bank account. Whoopee! No, they'll come and tell you it wasn't yours. Yeah. And then again, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit so that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. There's a closeness to Jesus that, is, that, that, that asking whatever and whatever happening is dependent upon this closeness to Jesus and this commitment to him and obedience to him, abiding in him and his life living in you. Then suddenly you're seeing things the way he sees them and you're seeing what needs to happen and you're praying for it and it's happening. Another one, in that day you'll not ask, you'll not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you'll receive so that your joy may be made full. When you have asked for something and you see the Father doing it and Jesus is glorified, isn't that fun? Fun doesn't even start. It's called joy. It's joy. Isn't it a joy when people become Christians? Isn't it a joy when we see them being baptized? And by the way, we've been a long time without a baptism here. We need to get praying. Your joy may be made full. There you have... Oh, sorry, no, one more. In that day you'll not ask in my, you will ask in my name. And I do not say that I will ask, request the Father on your behalf because... He's hearing our prayers himself. You have there the teaching of the Master about prayer. And consistently Jesus says that prayer is to ask of God. To pray is to ask. In the King James Version English you have, I pray thee, or we pray thee. Modern English is, I ask you, we ask you. To pray is to ask. I could direct you too to John 17 where Jesus repeatedly asks and asks again of the Father. He himself asked of the Father. Where's the confessing and claiming and decreeing and declaring that people do today? I'll tell you this, Jesus didn't do it. Paul doesn't do it and Scripture doesn't teach it. Here are the Bible words concerning prayer. Requests, supplication, intercession, thanksgiving. I like the word supplication. It seems to me to be made up in, in this is an English word, I'm not talking about the Greek word. Two words, application and supply. It's an application for supply. Would you please, Lord, do this? 
It's an application to heaven, a request to heaven for his supply. We're asking for mercy and grace, Hebrews 4, receiving mercy and grace to help in time of trouble. We're to come boldly to the throne of grace, to receive his mercy, his grace, that helps us, that cleanses us, that equips us, that strengthens us, so we get on with life with his grace. Help from heaven, that phrase I came up with when we were talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Help from heaven. God giving us something we would not have in ourselves, but we receive it from him. Supplication. I believe that faith to move the mountain, if the mountain needs to be moved, is help from heaven that comes in answer to prayer. There are certain uh, de- demon, demon situations, delivering some people from demons, that can only happen when we sought the Lord with prayer and fasting. That's what Jesus said. How do you know which one? Well, when it happens, it happens. You know, you, oh, great, we better pray about this. But help from heaven comes in response to our persistent believing joint prayer don't forget the joint prayer the partnering together in prayer because if God has designed that even within the Godhead there is partnership involving prayer how therefore why are we surprised if God values partnership between us in prayer he's delighted when he sees us partnering in prayer because we're reflecting something of the image of God But an individualism that says, I'm fine, I'll do it on my own, is called pride. It's called pride. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Pray in the Spirit. That's a book by Arthur Wallace, and I've got a copy at home, but I'm not going to bring it because I'll lose it. So I bought another one which we'll put available next week. Classic book from the 1970s, Pray in the Spirit by Arthur Wallace, W-A-L-L-I-S. We are told in Scripture to pray in the Spirit at all times, for all things, for all saints, all situations. We're told in Scripture, be, be concerned, anxious about nothing, but bring everything to the Lord in prayer. Yeah? Some of us would rather worry and fret and stress than pray. Maybe because we've been diverted from the goal by some of the nonsense we've heard. God proposes his good purpose through his promises, but he performs those promises. His will is done through our prayers. We need to lay hold of his wonderful, precious promises and ask him again and again to fulfill his word. Scriptures that talk about your children being blessed by the Lord and flourishing in the courts of God. I tell you what, see the scripture, see the promise. Yes, Lord, please, please do that. In my family. Praying back the promises of God. Yes, Lord, please do that. I ask you again. We lay hold of his promises and ask him again and again, please fulfill your good word. Not unbelievingly, but believingly. I believe your word is true. Please do it. So I'm asking you this morning to put aside, I know it's difficult because you've heard some of this stuff for years, some some of it. Put aside every bit of nonsense you've ever heard about prayer. Because most of the time, do you know what? It puts us off. And the other side is when people are super spiritual and they seem to have this wonderful prayer life and and whatever else. And you read books like Praying Hyde or somebody who was a a Reese Howell's intercessor. I read those books when I was young, just a lad really, my teens. And I went, oh, blow, I can't pray like that. 
So I, for a long time, I barely tried. You know why? Because I was put off by these hyper people. Yeah? Well, God bless them, but we're not all like that. We're not all, we do not all have that kind of calling of intercessor. Do you understand? And Jesus, in all the teaching that I've read to you this morning, he's not talking to those special kind of people, those intercessors. He's talking to you and I about prayer. Ordinary, everyday Christians praying. So don't be put off by the hyper guys, you know? They're the kind of like the, you know, they've got the, spiritually, they're the ones who are beefed up and they've got the muscles, you know? No, 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 no. We are helped in our weakness by the Holy Spirit to pray. It's not about being strong. It's about being helped. Accept the words of Scripture, in particular the teaching of our Master. To pray is to ask. Then commit yourself to trust the Holy Spirit to help you and direct you in prayer. Now if you know how to speak in tongues, then that's a good way to plug into receiving more help from the Holy Spirit. I'm here, I'm trusting you for what I'm saying next in tongues because I'm trusting the Holy Spirit that you'll help me to pray today. I don't know how to pray about the situation. I don't know what I feel about the situation even. I'm just confused. But you begin to pray. And the Holy Spirit begins to unlock in your mind some of the things that need to happen. So you begin to ask him for those things. Because at the same time that he knows what's in your heart, the Holy Spirit is searching the heart of God and wants to bring you God's plans. He wants to put in your heart a sense that God wants to do this. And so you begin to ask him for it. We join the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus in this incredible partnership of prayer so that the will of God, the good will of God, the stuff that brings grace and glory and freedom and deliverance and all of that, so that the good will of God is done. The Holy Spirit will lead us to pray according to the will of God for the honour of God. He'll inspire us to pray for particular things at particular times and I'll give you the one example of that. Uh, Ceausescu. The fall of Ceausescu. I remember I was, it was just before Christmas, and I was walking to the bus stop to go to work that day. And, and I was, Ceausescu was Romanian, wasn't he? Was it Romanian? Ceausescu? Yes. And he, he was a tyrant, really. And I, we're hearing things about him, and I, I was like, oh, man, Ceausescu, whoa. A bit like nowadays I go Trump, but never mind. Um, I was like vexed by this. And I, anyway, I, pray, I prayed. I felt to pray that Ceausescu would fall, that he'd be brought complete shame. Later that day, the news was he'd been taken to a jail and they'd shot him. Do you know what? I found a few of my friends said, did you by any means, by any kind of thing, feel today to pray for the downfall of Ceausescu? Yes, I did, they said. I found someone else. Just by interest, you know, did, did you feel stirred? Yes. Do you know what? All over the place, just to the people I knew, the Holy Spirit had stirred people that morning to pray that that man would be brought down. They didn't pray that he'd be shot, but they prayed that he would be brought to a close, that he'd lose his power, just as recently Mugabe had lost his. Who knows what the Holy Spirit may stir in the hearts of many saints on a particular day? Because God has purposed it. Was Ceausescu going to fall that day? Yes. Guess what? God provoked all sorts of people to pray that that would happen that very day. That very day. How many of you have had a thought that comes, why don't you phone so-and-so? 
Yeah? The Holy Spirit's helping you. Now, he can help you to pray for them too. And very wisely, what you do before you phone is you pray. Okay, Lord, I think I should phone so-and-so, so what, what, am I, what, am I pray, what, am I, what do I need now? What, what am I going to ask them? Or what am I going to tell them? Or do, do, I, do you have some words that I need to give them to encourage them? So you pray and prepare, and then you make the phone call. Yeah? And it's all the work of the Holy Spirit, blessed be his name. Isn't that great? Because guess what? We're still weak. But he's helping us. He's helping us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit will encourage us to be persistent and faithful in believing prayer and shared prayer. We're to pray at all times, in all circumstances, for all needs, for all troubles, for all the saints, for all people, in other places it says, for kings and those in authority, and sometimes we need to pray them out of authority. Because they're being abusive and tyrannical. But the Holy Spirit helps us to pray, directs us in our praying. So follow the Spirit and always obey the urge to pray. Whatever you're doing. You see, what, in the workplace? Let me give an example. Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. In his heart, he's in turmoil because he's heard about Jerusalem and the gates are burned and the stone walls are broken down and he's, 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 he's wounded in his heart because of the state of Jerusalem. And he's the cupbearer to the king, so he brings the king's wine to the king. And the king notices that he looks sad. Now that could have got him into a lot of trouble in those kind of, you know, despot kind of empires in those days. So the king, you know, who had a fondness for Nehemiah, said, why do you look sad today? And Nehemiah says, so I prayed... And then I said to the king, how long was that prayer? Like that. So when, we, when I say follow every urge to pray, it can be like, like that. Right? Nehemiah standing there with the cup in his hand and he just, I don't think he even closed his eyes, he just said, Lord, please help me, what do I say to this man? And then he began to say something. And he said, forgive me, O king, my, my heart is distressed because I've heard about the state of Jerusalem. Out of that, the king appointed Nehemiah to go back and to rebuild. Through a, a prayer, you could have counted in seconds. So when it says pray at all times, you know, pray all the time, that doesn't mean hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It doesn't have to be, you know, just keep saying something. But you're ready to pray. You sometimes, because of the situation you're in and the workplace and the hospital, wherever, you can't pray outwardly. That would, be, that, would, that would probably get you into trouble. But nobody can stop you praying inwardly. Those quick prayers. Lord, please help me. And then, well, guess what? Having prayed, you act believingly. Whatever the Lord puts in your heart, in your mind, at that moment in time, you trust him, that, that'll do, and you do it. You say it. And sometimes you have to preface it by saying, look, I'm sorry, this may seem odd, but I feel I need to say this. Yeah? Whether it's on the phone call or person to person. But the Holy Spirit wants to deliver to us help from heaven. Not just for ourselves, but for people around us. So we need to be people who are ready to instantly pray. And don't give up on praying. And 
charge every day of our lives with prayers of thought and preparation, you know. Best time to pray that pattern prayer is in the morning because by the evening you've already had a whole lot of messes to walk through. And if you want to be kept from trouble today and you want to have your daily bread, then it's good to pray for them before the day gets too far on, don't you think? Now, I'm not saying you've got to pray for an hour every morning. I'm just saying to work through that pattern prayer, even if while you're in the shower or making the breakfast or walking to the bus stop or whatever it is, it's good just to get ready for the day, you know? This is the day the Lord has made. That's not about Sundays, by the way. That's about Mondays as well. So I'm going to be prepared for today and ask the Lord for his help and his grace today. Because I do not have all the resources within me to make life work. Right? I, I don't have it. I'm asking for heaven to supply me. Supplication, supply, uh, uh, application for supply. The spirit of grace and supplication, the Holy Spirit will help us to pray, to pray often, pray repeatedly, to pray faithfully and to pray believingly and to pray together, jointly, so that God's good purposes are done in us, through us, among us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together, then we're going to break bread. Okay. Father, I want to acknowledge before you, maybe on behalf of many of my friends here this morning, that I've so often been put off praying by bad example, perhaps, by a measure of something that I knew I could never reach, or by diversionary tactics of the enemy that by whatever means he'll try and keep us from praying and asking and receiving. I pray that you'll teach us the humble art of praying, to ask, to gratefully receive, and to give thanks to your name. You intend, Lord, to be the supplier of all good gifts to your children, to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And so we come to you again and pray that in us and through us, your name will be honoured and your kingdom will come and your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You tell us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and whatever else we may need will be added to us. If we are only concerned for our own needs and not for your purposes, then we'll only be asking to consume on our own appetites. Jesus, you have such great plans. You have such great fruit that you want to produce in our lives. You have an impact upon other people that you want to do in and through us. And I pray that we might seek your mind, your heart through prayer. And the Holy Spirit, being a helper, will lead us both to pray for and to believe for and to look for the things that you want to do. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen.